4321. Welcome back to Creative Moonlighting. Creative Moonlighting. Creative Moonlighting. I have a question for you right off the bat. Okay. Would you rather have a cat with a dog's personality or a dog with the cat's personality? A cat with a dog's personality. So it's the personality that counts for you. I don't know. I mean, I prefer dogs over cats, but I, know, I love but... dog personality. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with my So with a my cat response. with a dog's personality. That's what you'd like to have. I guess. You would learn to love a feline. I don't know. You just asked. That was my instinct. Okie dokie. All right. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about how music influences creativity. Okay. How music influences creativity. And this is all assuming that you're not a professional musician? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Because if you were a professional musician, then the music is the creativity. Um, possibly, yes. Okay. Okay. So I imagine you're going somewhere specific with this. But before you do, I actually do have one uh, short segue. We have a question. Okay. came in last week from a one Brian Kobos, friends of our, friend of ours. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Excellent actor. And we're going to get him on the show. Those uh, intense eyes. Brian Kobos, <laughs> a.k.a. Intense. Oh, man. I could see him cringing right now that we're talking about that. No, um, that's a compliment. It is a compliment, and he cringes when you give him compliments. That's what he does. Okay. Um, okay, so here's what he had to ask. And it, it was one of those things where we, he and I were both, because he's in the middle of writing a feature-length script right now, too. And um, he was just curious, you know, about that process, which, by the way, Brian, we are going to have to do an entire episode on collaboration and co-writing and all of that. And actually, it'd be really cool if you were a part of it. Um, but so your question was, so when you collaborate with a friend, who does the actual writing and why? And it's a pretty easy answer in my case. Uh, my co-writer and I pretty much split it right down the middle. We both, I would say, do an equal amount of writing. Um, the the two ideas we've been kicking around kind of got spawned, I guess, in my head. But once that conversation happened and he agreed that he could uh, get on board with the subject matter, um, I would say that ideas started flowing out of him as much if not more as they were out of me and so then we had to hash those out and we you know go back and forth sometimes there's some tough conversations in terms of what you're going to use what direction you're going to go uh, but as far as the actual writing goes we have been pretty well split and, and some days some weeks I'll even say in weeks like some weeks he'll do a whole bunch of writing and I won't do very much and then I'll do a bunch of reading and that'll Give me how do ideas. you agree upon who takes what? If you're splitting it in the middle, how do you agree upon? Well, well we don't. We so we we've we haven't really like laid any specific groundwork on. Hey, you're going to write this, 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 and this. There's just sometimes when we talk about scenes that we want to work with. Um, if that scene was my idea, then I might take the lead on that scene, and then then we'll I'll. I'll do a version of it and then then we go from there we just we kind of go back and forth on it from there and vice versa if it was more of an idea that he had then i let him take a stab at that and then we go at it 
together from that that angle. Um, so it's really just a matter. Usually, I would say that the, the person that takes the lead on a on a given scene is the person that had that idea. So they try to get a a, ver, a draft of it out there so that we can kind of have it on the table to really work with. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. So in um, even at, at my office, when we have a project that we're trying to develop um, trainings for, right? A lot of times, one person. Um, we'll meet together, maybe it's two or three of us, and one person typically has the idea, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's a situation where we say, the goal of this is to do whatever it is, yeah. right? So then we literally just spitball ideas. And from there, we we somebody records what those ideas are and it generates an outline. Typically, it generates some kind of flow or order to whatever the project is. But just like you said, the person that is going to take the lead is typically the one that might have generated more ideas or a stronger idea. And I have quotes around stronger because that idea might we might all agree that that idea accomplishes the goal better than other ideas that yeah. have been thrown out. And so that person typically takes the first stab at writing. Yeah. So in your case, it's writing a scene, but in my case, it might be writing slides or something like that. And then we agree to meet back together again. And that person runs us through what the ideas were. So we compare it to the outline that we created and we see if the um, slides match what we talked about. If it tries to, if it's doing a good job of accomplishing the overall, yeah. which is a good example of exactly what screenwriting is too. Yeah. If the scene comes out great and we're both really happy with it, but then we have, which just has happened a bunch of times, um, then we have to go back at different points and revisit that scene and say, well, I, we love this scene, but we start to realize that it's not really, maybe the overall uh, direction of the script has gone a slightly different way and that scene's no longer quite as relevant relevant as it once seemed. Right. And so then that becomes a really tough conversation because then it's like well, you know, you just fall in love with certain things and then and then you've got to then you've got to determine from there. But that's the one thing that having a partner is really good for. Um, and especially I've, I've been lucky in that case, you know, my writing partner is really good at um, putting the pieces of the puzzle together and seeing kind of like a, a general flow or direction. And so if some, when things don't make sense, it usually does come out. Um, it's better when it comes out earlier because then you can have that tough step or take that tough step early. But sometimes it comes out at the end and you then have to have a really tough conversation well i think the it. goal is that it doesn't come out i know when when i'm collaborating with our you you call it your writing partner but right. like a co-developer yeah or something. yeah it's a, yeah same same difference so the thing about it that you said is sometimes we fall in love with ideas yes. right but what we've had to really try to and this ties back into the other um episodes that we've had about um giving feedback giving and receiving feedback yes right? And so the thing about it is, sure, the idea might might be a great idea, but does it accomplish the goal that you were talking about? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it comes down to preference. I mean, maybe both both ideas or one idea, like m there's multiple ideas that still accomplish the goal of the scene or the goal of the training or whatever it is. Um, and then when we are revising it, like, you know, when we're in that, that stage of the process of revising the scene or the idea um 
and one of us is latching on to an idea like yeah really you can tell somebody's on, holding on to it the other person and i've struggled with this personally is um like when i get feedback on it i'm like i really wanted to do this yeah you know well, and my well, my partner is really good about asking me questions again i go back to um like the way that they give feedback is asking questions that are related to the goal yeah like, no, I think that's a great, and mm-hmm. that's something we've had to to develop over time. And I will say we've gotten better about it, mm-hmm. it which it's, you know, rather than, you know, him reading a scene or me reading a scene and going, no, this isn't going to work. This doesn't play. Um, because the truth is it may play if it were tackled from a slightly different angle or if it were developed a little bit better, a little bit stronger. So rather than cut it, maybe you need more of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but you'll never know that if your first instinct is to go, let's just get rid of it and be done with it and that's it, move on. So now it's become a, okay, how, how, what were you going for here? What, how right. did you see this fitting into what was the, the overall? Point? What was mm-hmm. the point of that scene? What was the point of you writing this? Right. And does what you're doing accomplish it? Yeah, because then- if the answer that you give me to why you wanted the scene to be there doesn't get convey- conveyed on the page for me, then now I can say, okay, I, I actually think what you're saying makes sense, but it's just not quite there. Yeah. And we can now decide not to scrap the scene, but to reorder it or change it or develop it a little further so that it does accomplish the goal that you're trying to accomplish. Now, if the goal that you're trying to accomplish is actually now on a different, going trying to take a different path than maybe the one I had, well, now we gotta have a conversation about which path is the right path. And that's also a hard conversation. Um, so, you, you, but when you're riding with somebody, the the strength of it is that you, having those is if you're capable of having those conversations then you're probably going to get to a place that was better than where it was the drawback to it sometimes is that it takes a lot you have lot, to compromise you have to compromise and compromising is not always a good thing because a lot of there there are many times sometimes where it waters it down waters it down and and it turns into something that neither of you are happy with and mm-hmm. so Uh, that's so usually I don't like the word compromise for that reason I would prefer to just say all right maybe this idea that I had for this part of the story is wrong and let's try something different entirely rather than trying to make mine some amalgamation with something that you saw and now it's something neither of us really cares for well so Um, it's I mean to sum up I would say a response to Brian's question yeah it's Typically, it evolves into a person taking the lead yeah. based upon the like brainstorming discussion. And then once that person is the lead, the other person serves as like the reviewer, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then where you, the point that you said was, if you guys come to a standstill, like a standoff on your ideas, that's where you need maybe a third party to come in yeah and read it that could work yeah um that's that's how i work through things um when when i get to that but typically that that doesn't have happen often i don't always need to get a third person in and sometimes too many people it well it is because the more people you add the more opinions that get in there and and if those opinions are strong ones it's really hard to satisfy more than two it's really hard to satisfy 
it's really sometimes hard to satisfy one if you if you're being totally honest but it's it's really hard to continue on down a path and hope that you're going to end up exactly where you want to want to be if you start mixing opinions at the right or wrong time so it's, i think it's super important to make sure that you're very clear about what you're trying to accomplish with a scene or a lesson or a whatever it is and that way the other person can say all right yes i feel you have sort of accomplished that we could use this or that or no you haven't accomplished that at all and if we want to accomplish that we got to do something different mm -hmm. and that's okay there's a ton more to say on that and i really do want to have have a whole episode about um collaboration especially in collaborating and writing now you did have something else you wanted to talk about today which was the Music. thanks brian for th sending in yeah. your question thank you brian keep them coming uh we like to have um, something to talk about here yeah. other than our own ideas. So we appreciate well, it. Well, now that we know that that conversation's unfinished, we can definitely have you on and we can talk all about it. Yeah. Guest, right. guest, uh, guest appearance on the podcast. Um, okay. So today, um, let's just spend a little bit of time. Yeah. Be honest. I have a appointment in the next 40 minutes wah, or wah, so. Wah, wah. So um, we're going to try to make this concise here. But um, since quarantine has happened uh, for all of us, right? Um, music has been a big part of our lives, which has helped us be creative. And it has also helped us um, just kind of deal with being isolated um, as well as working from home, you know, all of music the how, uh, and I know how, but I think we need to clarify. Okay. So, uh, for me, um, over quarantine, um, Matthew bought me a banjo Lely. Banjo Lely. Yeah. So a banjo Lely, for those of you that don't know, it is a banjo ukulele. So it has a banjo drum drum, but it only has four strings. So it sounds, it's tuned like a ukulele and it sounds like a banjo and it's really a pretty wild little instrument. And it's, it's cool. so fun to play. Yeah. So um, I, he purchased it, gosh, back in March, right? It came in and I started to fiddle, piddle around with it. Yeah. I didn't fiddle cause it's a banjo, but you know <laughs> what I mean? So um, what I was super surprised was that I was able to pick it up and um, it provided me with many things over the break. Uh, a lot of it was like an outlet for stress or anxiety. It was a brain break when I had back-to-back -back Zoom meetings and I needed... Well, um, when you were writing lessons, so this actually does tie into what yeah, we were talking Yeah, I needed about. to give myself a break from really deep, heavy thinking and just kind of put my brain elsewhere. So uh, those are the ways that I know that even just using an instrument has helped me. But I wanted to ask you about how music has influenced your creativity. How, like, do you use it when you're writing or how does that, how do you? Yeah, I do. Um, and I and I think you just described the primary way. Um, so, I'm, you know, it's not gonna be like some uh, groundbreaking answer that I give. It's really similar to what you do. Is if, if, if I'm stuck on an idea that I can't work my mind around, Sometimes picking up the guitar and sitting on the porch and just playing makes me forget what I was even doing. And it kind of provides a little reset. And it's a quick one, right? It's not like I had to go on some long trip for the weekend or whatever to, to clear my head. It's just sort of like a quick, uh, you call it a brain break. It's like that. Um, and then 
you know, you come back in and you kind of reassess what you were what you were looking at. And, and that, that's how it's helped me. Now, that being said, it's also, I think it's a really creative thing for another reason. You know, when you have a get together with people and those instruments get pulled out and you have a group of people that sits around and sings a song together, um, there's really no connection like the connection that I've felt through music yeah it's acting really is, fun a, acting is in that realm but music i can see why musicians love what they do you know and and that's no that's not to to diss any other form of performance uh because i love acting that's that's my favorite part of it but i can i mean it's an addictive feeling when you have that that connection through a song in it for all of whatever five ten minutes maybe two minutes you know yeah we have um our next door neighbor, you met Ashton, um, and His you haven't met Ashley. Ashley yet, but you will eventually. And um, Ashley has actually picked up the ukulele. We become ukulele buddies. Um, uke sisters. Uke sisters. She calls us uke enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. That's how she signed the birthday card. Um, and it has been fun because the two of us will text each other and we'll say, okay, I have a new song for you to learn. And so we will send each other a link to like a new song. And then when we get together, we agree that we're gonna have our Play own it. jam session. Mm -hmm. And it, it and it's kind of funny because um, Ashton is a really gifted guitar player. And we have many gifted guitar players around us. My brother plays guitar, our good friend Eric plays guitar. So mm -hmm. when we all get together and have jam sessions, somebody sings, somebody, plays guitar somebody plays um the bongos the shakers harmonica yeah we have our own sometimes backyard. we play stuff we don't even know how to play we just try to make it work for the song and you know that's right so um you know i won't i i was thinking about even taylor when we had our niece taylor on she she alluded a little bit to music and that was one of her strategies for how she dealt with um stress in the moment yeah. like if she had pressure at a show a horse show yep. she said the way that she would calm her nerves prior to showing was she would make sure that she played really um calming like country music because would the her horse, her horse yeah mm -hmm. would the horse hear the music as well or would the horse respond to her responding to the music i think both i think she would play it on her phone, like in her halter or something like that. And then- So the horse could hear it too. The horse could hear it, but mainly the horse is going to react to her Yeah, so if she's demeanor. calm, then mm -hmm. the horse is calm. Yeah, so um, I already have my top three uh, as you were talking. And so I can summarize, I can summarize for me how music influences creativity on my end and then you can share yours. Okay, go ahead. Okay, all right, so the first way for me when I have to be in an ultra creative mode, like I have to write in it, at least for work, I'll say this, when I have to write a, a full day, eight hour training, right? And I have to think about many different things. I like listening to instrumental music, okay? And there is- a No words. No words, there is a specific, um, uh, what do you call it radio station on or playlist yeah. on spotify and it's called brain food yeah 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 I've it's literally it. called brain food and it's like what kind of music is that well it's kind of like edm but it's not 
dance music. No, it's like it's, it's stimulating. Yeah, like, it is. It's um, it's got it's an it's mostly electronic type music, but it's uh, brain food. Yeah, it's I a mean, good way it of describing really, it. There is no words, or there are no words, and there and there, and it's really just sounds and beats. Yeah, and it really stimulates. Um, creativity on my end honestly I it's can, a good channel yeah I can kind of zone out everything and so one way is but it has to be instrumental I have tried different ways I have tried different types of music while I'm writing and the only ones that I can listen to is instrumental okay um during the holidays I listen nonstop, and even my coworkers, Mary and Mike will know this but um we listen to Charlie Brown Christmas and it's oh, I know. from November, literally from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Well, from the time you wake up in the morning Correct. to the time you go to bed at night. Yeah. That's probably going to be on multiple different times throughout those hours. Yes. Like on repeat. And so whatever it is, Gee. I have different well, times uh, of year. But it's if I'm in the creative mode and I want to listen to music while I'm working to help stimulate, then it has to be instrumental. Okay. Okay. Um, the second thing that how music influences my creativity is what we already talked about. It's a brain break for me. So sometimes I don't like to have music on while I'm creating because I really need to focus and um, maybe I'm trying to revise an idea and I feel like music might distract me. I will take a pause, like let's say I've been working for four hours straight and I'll go on the back porch, I'll grab the banjolele and I'll work on a couple songs. Typically, it, I get into quickly like 30 minutes, 45 minutes of playing, you know? Not everybody has that kind of time, so 20 minutes is even great for me. But it's like a reset button. It's like, it makes me forget about other stuff because I have to concentrate enough to like think about switching chords or yeah. singing lyrics or whatever it is. So that has been really helpful for me for a brain break. And what I find is when I step away from there, I now feel refocused. Yeah. And then my third thing is uh, also kind of related to what you said. It creates a feeling um, of, it just makes me feel creative when uh -huh. I'm playing. And calmly one so probably, cause you're not get. it's there's nothing to really like get mad about while you're playing. I, I have gotten mad about things because when, it Whenever you're struggling to me. hit a chord or something. Yeah, it frustrates yeah. me when I fumble through something. But um, uh, when we are together, like what you're talking about, when I really have fun when you and I are playing together and you're playing either, I like it most when I play the banjo -lele and you play the ukulele. Okay. I think those two instruments sound good together and it's fun. But I also love it when everybody comes over and we're playing together. Yeah, you know, um, it's fun. It, I my 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 mind and my body and my soul like feel um, feel calm. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's the kind of mindset I want to be in to be able to be productive the next day or you know um, that week. It's like I need the reset. Yeah. over the weekend to play, have fun, also learn something new. So that's how music has influenced me, I would say, uh, as of late, like in the past like three or four months. Yeah. It's really um, been a fun hobby to learn. And yeah. It's also pretty motivating because once you learn a song, 
you're like, I want to learn a new song. I want to learn a new song. And then everybody that plays an instrument, you're like, bring your guitar. Let's let's play together. Yeah, whenever you have a get together, which you don't get many of those these days. No. But, but when you do, you say, hey, bring, you know, bring, bring your string and instrument. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. So well, fun. Uh, so so yeah, what are yours? Yeah, I mean, it's similar. Um, number one, the, the brain break thing is huge. That's if you're by yourself and you're working and, and, um, and you need to push that quick reset button and not expect it to be like, I need to go for a two hour walk or I need to go t- on a drive or something. I feel like it's kind of a quick way of doing it. 20 minutes of doing that can give you that quick reset. But uh, the second thing, certainly the connection with the people. So let's say... It, it it could just be family, friends, but in the case of doing something creative, like writing a script or trying to make a movie or acting in a scene together, um, assuming that your goal is to c- be able to connect with those other artists that you're working with, um, that's a hell of a good way to connect with them if you in between takes or in oh, so between to create community. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? It's a way okay. to commune together. It, that's a really, really good way to do that because you just there's a connection that gets made and um, and you know it when you feel it. It's there. Uh, but really, the last the biggest thing for me too. maybe it's not the biggest, but it's one of it's big. Um, I'm a big fan. Like, you know, in my case, my primary focus is, you know, writing, directing, acting, right? But just like any other, you think of any performance athlete, right? They, they, you know, your your boxers um, might uh, spend most of their time in a gym boxing, but then they might also be told uh, by a trainer to hit the pool and swim laps because they're using muscles that they don't know they even really have. And that is also true of art work, um, whatever your medium is, um, it's good to try other mediums because you're, you're working muscles, creative muscles that you don't realize you have. And, uh, that's why I paint. That's why I, I mean, I get sucked down a whole rabbit hole with the instruments. I think I bought that fiddle <laughs> with the intention and I just thought, you know, I'll be able to do that. And, you know, with a little time, I probably could learn it. But the thing is, there's only so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already really gone and, and the guitar is plenty. I mean, you can sit and play guitar forever and never know everything there is to know about playing a guitar. You know what I mean? That you could always learn something new on it. So, um, it stretches your third one is it stretches your stretches your own creativity as a, as a, whatever kind of artist you, you are. Um, it stretches your your talents because so you it listen gives you to a, music when you're trying something new. Is that what you mean? Well, uh, yeah, you can do that. I mean, but but what I really mean is by it's almost like like I was saying, I guess I was using the analogy of cross training uh, for athletes. You know, if you play one sport oh, all the playing time, music is like cross training for creativity. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, not so yeah. following that. Yeah. So when athletes cross train, they, okay. they, they, they'll focus on their given sport and then they play other sports Do to work yoga. other muscles. It's like how the Lakers right. all did yoga. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Okay, so, I got you. Yes. And, and that's, I wish somebody would have taught me yoga when I was younger because you're like, just like what you're saying about music, stretching your brain. Like there are just other aspects that you need to be balanced, mm. you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, one other thing that I uh, didn't elaborate more on that I want to say before we close is um, 
Taylor talked about our niece Taylor in the episode uh, about what she's learned about working with a horse. She talked about how she puts on music to calm herself, right? But she also said one line that said, if I wanted to get really angry, I would listen to hard music, Yeah, you know? And I think the other piece That's about- That's taught to actors too, by the way. Okay, so what I, Common. the other part that I was thinking about that you didn't say, but I know about you, is that you rely on music heavily to, to uh, amplify the emotion that you're trying to create in the scene. So when you're editing a film and you want, and, and it goes with any movie, right? Like if they want it to be a scary movie, then the music that they're putting in there is like haunting music, yeah. right? And so I think the other way that music can influence creativity is just to conjure up the emotion. Yeah, and in the case of movies, I hope, <laughs> the goal is, you know, if everybody's gonna remember movies, well, people who are around will remember movies from the 80s and 90s and how the music was just such a heavy-handed compliment quote unquote compliment to whatever you were seeing in the scene nowadays it's taken a different turn and the goal is to find an interesting way to spin that concept right. on its head you take a song that wouldn't apply right. to what that scene is and maybe it's even directly opposed like on reservoir dogs yeah good ref whoa jumping have, out on i've the only references. seen certain what certain, what do you what okay. the scene where they're like killing everybody it, it, and it's like stuck in the middle yeah he's you. cutting his the guy's ear off yeah yes yeah. and i'm like oh god so the perfect example you get yeah. you just did that's great so, yeah anyway good stopping point oh uh by the way you referenced something you said that ashley uh uh signed off a fellow uke enthusiast on your birthday card yeah which between the last time we were here on our podcast and this time, oh, yeah. you turned 40. Oh, yeah, the big 4-0. I am not 40 yet. Yeah, thanks will for be rubbing in it August. in. <laughs> All right, sayonara, dude. All right. All right, until next time, Matthew will be uh, still 39 when yep, we meet I again. will still be 39, but I'd still look older than you. That part is true, too. Hasta la pasta. Bye, y'all. <laughs>